You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, you can follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. And please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Twitter at Locked On Texans. And once again, as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime with his own PA announcer introduction. Ha <laughs> ha, John, some sports guy. Hickman, you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with your ear listening to us. And thankfully, I or Cody has uh, the coronavirus, which is shutting down Houston right now. No rodeo. We may not even have a couple of NBA games. Um, this is really running rampant throughout the country, and well, the entire world as well, but uh, hopefully you guys are staying safe out there. Continue, like I told y'all yesterday, wash your hands. Wash your damn hands as you go throughout your day, just making sure you take every precaution that you can. Um, but we're here to talk Texans, and there are some things we have to discuss. Am I right, Cody? What seemed like a quick fix heading into the free agency has now become a little bit bigger and a little bit more than a quick fix. As you know, on yesterday, news broke. Yesterday morning, as a matter of fact, news broke that the Texans and Carlos Hyde would not come to agreement on a contract extension. Shortly after that, there was also reports that Jonathan Joseph, a guy that both you and I talked about several times throughout the season, that this might be the last year that we're going to see Jonathan Joseph in that Texans red, white, and blue colors, only due to the fact we thought he was going to hang up the cleats, but instead he's going to test free agency. And of course, as always, John, you hinted at this when you interviewed Lamar Miller earlier in the year. The Texans are also expected to part ways with Lamar Miller. So once again, what started off as, you know, if they could just get this player and, and, and fix this part of the roster, it's starting to be a little bit bigger and more of a concern headed into this offseason. Absolutely. And on top of that, they just sunk $13 million worth of their cap out of the 62-61, uh, lower 60 range, into a aging tight end and a kicker. So a lot of the money that they could use, potentially still use on other areas um, in free agency, the draft, of the draft, a lot of those guys are going to get the lower level payments, <clears throat> uh, salary rather. Uh, but the money that they can use to re-sign potential roster guys or bring in new faces to this team and suck $13 million after that. And then now today, Jonathan Joseph, rightfully so, I mean, we're going to discuss this a little bit more in the show, but it, it was time. It was past time. We chose Jonathan Joseph, I think, over A.J. Bouye a few years ago, and I think Jonathan Joseph had been ran his course. However, you know, he is hanging it up in regards to being a Texan. And we also have to look at just what the running back position needs now going into the offseason 
does that bump up in the priority list as what the Texans need to take care of? I also want to kind of set some clarity from yesterday's show. I was incorrect. I did speak about the Texans' third rounder. Uh, if I believe correctly, I said they will not have one. They actually will have a third-round pick that will sit at 90th overall. They would have had an additional one, a 97th overall third-round pick. However, that pick did go to Cleveland for the Duke-Johnson trade. Thank you guys for sticking around, uh, checking out another episode, made it to the second segment. Of course, we really appreciate it. Just want to give you guys another update about what your team, Houston Texans, would like to do this offseason. They're very interested in bringing back linebackers Terrell Adams, Dylan Cole, and Barcavius Mingo, who we received in the trade for Jadavian Clowney uh, from Seattle. And as we spoke about, I've, I've been on this train since day one of the season, this offseason, uh, since day one of the regular season, that I think after this season, it was time for Jonathan Joseph to hang it up. I don't think he should be playing football anymore due to age and, you know, his decline in play. However, that's not how he feels. Jonathan Joseph clearly stated that um, – he does not plan to retire. He will explore his options, and we are not releasing him. We did give him a, a pay grade, uh, pay bump early in the season, but his $5.944 million contract has expired. Jonathan Joseph went on to give a letter to Texas Nation. And before I even move forward, Cody, I'm sure you can agree, everybody can agree, when he came to Houston in 2011, he, along with J.J. Watt, those two guys helped create a different culture in Houston on that defense. The moment he arrived here in Houston, and that just so happened the same year they brought in J.J. Watt, you could see the potential this defense had. Multiple years, top five, one year, number one defense. I think there was three one year as well. Uh, since he came, he has been a part of some dominating defenses. However, as of late, his play, has declined, which you can kind of correlate to the play of the entire defense. But he did leave a note. Today I feel an incredible sense of gratitude, gratitude towards so many people who have helped make my Texans career a success. He gave a shout-out to the McNair family, Bill O'Brien, Gary Kubiak, Rick Smith, Wade Phillips, Romeo Cornell, and just the city of Houston. So we're happy for the time that he put in here in Houston. But, Cody, was it not time? Yes, sir. It was time, you know, and to piggyback off what you were talking about, Jonathan Joseph is one of the main reasons when you think of the Houston Texans during the 2010s, you always think of the defense. They always had one of the best defenses in the league. And Jonathan Joseph, as you mentioned, was part of the main reason for that. To answer your question, yes, it was time. Look, John, like I said in our opening statement, you said it, I said it, and even some of the fans said it. We all knew that 2019 was going to be the last season that we saw Jonathan Joseph in Houston. And although we've seen a decline in his play, it was time to move on from him only due to the fact that he's getting up there in age. Jonathan Joseph will go down as one of the best players in franchise history, but at 35 years old, He's coming off a season where he got burnt quite often. 
it, it was just time to move on, especially in an offseason where the Texans know how important it is for them to make those improvements in that secondary. Yeah, absolutely. This past season, he allowed 13 and a half yards per completion. Last year, 12.2 yards per completion. Only allowed two touchdowns this year. Did allow four touchdowns last year. And just looking at his total overall play, he has lost a couple of steps. And the league is trending speedier. Look at that. Rugs just ran a 4-2. Was a 4-2-3. You have linebackers that are running the fortunes. You have receivers that are just blazing. And they, along with who is in our division for the last few years, T.Y. Hilton. That's been a main issue for the Houston Texans and covering him and trying to contain him. So what I'm saying is thank you for your time. It's, we appreciate your time. You were, you were a cornerstone at cornerback for this defense that was wreaking havoc in this league for a couple of years. However, it's time, and now we have to transition to, okay, likelihood of DJ Reader coming back, not that good. The We know that Jonathan Joseph will not come back. There are other players that we have made uh, not necessarily a priority, but the Texans have taken care of thus far this offseason. Brandon Dunn got a contract. Uh, Fells got his contract. Kiami got his, uh, fair tr- his contract, rather. And now the list of who is next on that priority list, where do we go from here? And I think it's a clear-cut decision when we release Vernon Hargraves III, right? Now that leaves us currently with no Jonathan Joseph on the roster, Garyon Conley and Lonnie Johnson Jr. There's no way in the world Bradley Roby is not a priority in bringing him back this season. And not only when you take a look at the fact of bringing in Bradley Roby, I'm the the one silver lining that I see in Jonathan Joseph leaving is the fact that next year we're really going to see how good Lonnie Johnson Jr. is going to be. We saw flashes of his potential as a rookie. He had a couple boneheaded plays dating back to when he made that unnecessary hit against the Green Bay Packers in a joint practice, but. It's going to be exciting to see what he has in store in 2020, taking on a bigger role with this team. Now, the flip side to this is, once again, the Houston Texans, they are in a position where if they line up their money and financial straight, they can possibly be one of the best teams in the league next season. And once again, a big portion of that is going to be what can they do to improve their secondary? You mentioned bringing in Bradley Roby, but John, I don't believe keeping Bradley Roby along with giving Lonnie Johnson Jr. a bigger role, I don't think that's enough to make the major improvements to that secondary that they need heading into 2020. Well, absolutely. And later this week, maybe on tomorrow, so we'll discuss possible free agents. And we have the Locked On Mock Draft where I selected a cornerback, Amik Roberson, out of La Tech. I can get into a little bit more of him tomorrow, and I've discussed him previously. You're right. With Jonathan Joseph leaving, Lonnie Johnson is expected to not only get that bigger role but contribute. What I hate about it is Jonathan Joseph is not looking to retire, 
So a lot of the skills, a lot of the knowledge that Joseph has, he won't be able to pass it along to second-year cornerback uh, Lonnie Johnson. When I look at Bradley Roby, even he wants to be on this team, and we need him here. We need him here because if we can take care of who we have in-house, and Roby had a very good year. When Garyon Conley was uh, traded for, he had a very good year here in Houston. And Lonnie Johnson, through his ups and downs, he has a lot of potential. It can work, but Roby has to be a part of that core that comes back. Right now, his possible deals can be somewhere along three years to 27 to $30 million per year, which is why the issue of signing a kicker and an Asian Darren Fells sinking $13 million into one year between those two, I think that's why everybody had a big issue because that money could have been used in other areas. If you wanted to keep a tight end, then, hey, what you could have did was keep the guys who you have on your roster, let them continue to play under, under their rookie deals. You could have went out and with the seventh-round pick, hey, you could have drafted a kicker. Maybe with the last one, who knows, but $13 million going into this offseason between those two, that is sort of a head-scratcher. Not that they did not deserve it, but I think that's too much money. In short, I really would like to see Bradley Roby come back for another year. On top of that, I really hope it's not a one-year deal because those one-year deals have been biting the Texans right now. Along with the departure of Jonathan Joseph, the Houston Texans basically parted ways with not one, but two running backs in Carlos Hyde and Lamar Miller. Now, John, you spoke to Lamar Miller during, I think it was November during the season when you went out there, you interviewed Miller, and he basically hinted at you that his career in Houston was done. But you and I both said, as sad as we were to see the career of Miller in Houston, we was actually happy, just not happy as in, you know, just because he got hurt, but happy due to the fact that the Texans had not one but two reliable running backs that they were able to replace him with, one of them being Carlos Hyde, who recorded one of his first 1,000-yard rushing season of his career. I thought he was coming back. You thought he was coming back. Now, unfortunately, he's not coming back. News broke on yesterday that Carlos Hyde and the Texans will not come to terms on a contract extension. And, boy, that is leaving a big void to fill in that backfield. Well, I'll say this. Uh, Carlos Hyde has mentioned that he would like to return back to Houston. He's expressed his desire to play in Houston. He just re rejected the first initial contract and a lot of guys Cody that's like you let's say you've been working how you work for the same cats now right and let's say your contract is up and other teams other pro teams are really interested in your work the word around town is oh my word, have you guys heard about Cody Davis have you guys seen Cody Davis this guy can work he knows how to put together a show so other pro teams they want to bring you in they want to talk to you they want to buy you lunch they want to get you a few drinks they want to bring over your family just to see if this organization would be something that you believe in. Every player really and truly wants to experience that, especially with all the free meals. I mean, I'm not going to turn down no free meals myself. The likelihood of Carlos Hyde returning is still, I think, at a 50%. He's still of age. Yes, he just got his first 1,000-yard season. However, the Texans can bring him back maybe at a price that he likes 
more than they probably would like to give him. Now, in regards to Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller and the conversation we had, it did seem a little indifferent. Like, yeah, I want to be back, but at, at my terms, or maybe I could test free agency, maybe there's a team out there that I can be more effective for than I can be with Houston. At the time, Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde was a great one-two punch in that backfield. And maybe Miller had felt a little bit like, well, my time had ran its course. But I would like to see at least one of these guys come back simply because we know what we already have in both of them. Now, if the Texans say, you know what, we can go get younger, we still have Duke Johnson. The Texans are also working on re-signing running back and special teams contributor Taiwan Jones. We know Jones from that big play in the the, uh, playoffs. And so the running back availability is always huge. Both of these guys are of age. Duke Johnson is still, what, 24, 25, 26, and he still has some years left in him, and he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear. Is this the season we see a full Duke Johnson as the main guy at running back? I'm still not sure we'll ever get that, and Duke Johnson is an amazing runner. But the Texans will always have options with free agency, with the draft. You have a third round, you have a second round, you have uh, two fourths, you have a fifth round, and you also have three seventh-round picks. Somewhere in that draft, and we know how great of a scouting job that they do, this is the same franchise that brought you J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, so on and so forth. And I think J.J. Watt may be one of the steals of the decade. They do their due diligence on figuring out who they want to bring in. And possibly a running back could be on their list. But, yeah, but my thing is if they were able to keep Carlos Hyde or, or, or like you say, you know, he could be out there just testing the waters, but you never know what is out there that can pull him away from the Texans. Yes. He has expressed interest that he wants to come back to Houston. But, John, we said this last year. Every time a player comes out and say, I would like to be here, I I love this organization, I love this city, nine times out of ten, they're not coming back. It always works that way. I'm looking at it on the flip side of, (laughs) you know, I'm looking at it on the flip side is, if you were able to retain Carlos Hyde, that is just one area of the roster you did not have to worry about because having him in the backfield with Duke Johnson worked out pretty well. I don't know about you, but it it it, it exceeded way past my expectations what I had for both of those guys. Now you're in the situation. You are you you already started eating away at your salary salary cap by the extensions that you already have given out. You're on the verge of losing DJ Reader. Matter of fact, you you have lost DJ Reader. You're losing Jonathan Joseph. You know what you need to do on the defensive side. Now you're going to have to add in, oh, my God, how are we going to develop another great run offense? A run offense, by the way, ever since the days of Arian Foster has been very crucial to the Texans' offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've discussed this throughout the entire season how you know what maybe we could see well maybe we should see a Duke Johnson that can get more of a load running the ball Duke Johnson averages almost five yards a pop Uh, he's a very talented runner very shifty knows how to get in between those runners those linemen and run the blocks get those holes so 
Um, and again, I'm not saying that Carlos Hyde may not return. Um, they could possibly uh, bring him in on a different deal, maybe work something out. Who knows? I'm just at a point where if you feel like you can't get him for the price that you're willing to pay, well, that ultimately means you may have somebody else out there in mind, whether it's a draft or free agency. Keep in mind, Melvin Gordon is a free agent this year, and he held out last year to try to get a bigger pay period, bigger payday. It did not work in his favor, and then he also did not have a give me my big payday type of season like normally guys with really merciless in this contract season. Look how he started off the season. He started off hot. So he was one of the guys. After all the running backs did it, he didn't. it didn't work out in the favor for him. The possibility on snagging Melvin Gordon, the amount of money that he may command may not be as high as he possibly thought it would be a few months ago. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. With the latest moves that the Houston Texans did, they might look a little bit more different than I originally thought heading into the new season. Yeah, they might just look a little different. But, as always, we will continue to uh, give you guys updates, the news, the whole nine on what this team is doing. Last but not least, the Texans did sign DeAndre Carter to a contract extension. Also, they are not expected to re-sign safety Jaleel Adai, which I personally think was one of those Swiss Army knives that needed to return back to Houston that could provide a lot of energy, a lot of skill, a lot of intensity for the Houston Texans defense. Really wish we could get him back. Guys, I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter, at some sports guy. Talk music, talk shows, talk sports, and uh <laughs> Don't talk to Utah Jazz because their game got postponed against OKC, Rudy Gobert, after touching every mic as a joke <laughs> in a post-game uh, <laughs> conference interview that they do after the games. Now he is, along with Emmanuel Moutier, the sole reason for the NBA possibly canceling NBA uh, games uh, for the next uh. couple of weeks. So, like I said yesterday, I'm just happy this did not happen during football season because NBA fans are a little bit more understandable, right? You know what? I understand. I'll be okay. NFL fans, college football fans, nah, we don't have reasoning. So I'm happy this is happening now, in a sense. But I really hope this is not one of those overreactions and this can get taken care of soon. Well... I'm not happy it's happening now because now there's a possibility I might not be going to Fort Worth to cover the University of Houston men's basketball run in the American Athletic Conference only due to the fact that the NCAA are now thinking about limiting media. On top of that, the Rockets and the NBA might do the same. Now I can't get my one-on-one interviews like I normally do when I covered the Rockets game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, it was basically like just going to the game as a spectator. They kicked us out the locker rooms. Post-conference was kind of weird just due to the fact we were sitting in the press, press room. So it's, it's, it's not fun at all. Ladies and gentlemen, this yeah. is very serious, you know. You know, we, we can joke about it a lot, you know, but that's just to not be so fearful about it. But 
this is serious and all we could do is just pray and hope for the best. But in the midst of all this, please remember to follow Locked On Texans <laughs> on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. And please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Yes, kind of like. Uh, but on a lighter note, don't forget to have fun <laughs> after everything is going down. Oh man, I will say this before I get out of here: they are still at one point going to have these games. They are just going to not have fans. And how fun will it be to hear players curse out other players how bad they are? They're gonna cancel the league. They're gonna. There's no way in the world. You can hold, I don't care what professional sport it is. You cannot broadcast a game live <laughs> without no, no, no. sound drowning the, what, what goes on on the field, on the court, anywhere. Because I, I hear stuff at UH basketball games. So I can't imagine how, how bad it is. Hell, I hear stuff on the rugby pitch. On, you can hear stuff on some NBA <laughs> games now if you're listening. It's kind of with no fans in the arena, it's going to be like uh, hearing NWA in the 90s for the first time on the radio. You may not even mm, get the full mm, song because mm. there's so many bleeps. But until next time, guys, here are just some words from the wise. And just as yesterday, wash your hands. Be safe out there. Hey, don't let this consume your mind. Go out and still have fun. They got these cheap flights right now. $50, $80. You only live once. Go enjoy your life. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.